Hello, my name is Meg. Welcome to the Unedited Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. The goal of this podcast is to help you both develop and enjoy the habit of daily Bible reading and prayer. About 20 years ago, at a very low spot in my life, I was convicted to begin this simple discipline, and I looked up years down the road to see how God had used this habit to heal deep places in my heart and do incredible things in my life. And so over the years, it's really become my greatest passion to help others get to know Jesus through His Word and through His presence. Through this podcast, I'm hoping to help you see the Word of God with fresh eyes, to learn to slow down with your Bible, and ultimately to fall in love with your Bible. So thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so incredibly glad to have you here. Today's episode is going to be very practical. I am just going to share a few tips and instructions on how to use the Blue Letter Bible app. I am passionate about Blue Letter Bible app. I often jokingly say that I should be a sales rep for them. Probably wouldn't pay very much because um, it is a free app. But I do often pitch this app shamelessly and I use it almost daily. This is my primary study tool. I used to use a paper concordance a lot of times or paper books, but there's just so much available in the Blue Letter Bible app. It's almost like a library inside of an app. And again, it's free. You should be able to download it anywhere that you download apps. They do also have a version available online through any web browser. I'm just going to quickly touch base on the tools that I use And I'm passionate about study tools. I often see them like a flashlight. They just shine a light on the nooks and crannies of the Word of God that you might otherwise overlook. They're like a steak knife. They help cut up the meat of the Word of God into small, digestible, bite-sized pieces. And they're like a pickaxe. They help us dig treasures out of the Word of God. They help us mine the Bible. Again, for things that aren't always just readily available on the surface. And I do want to say... You are going to be fed by the Word of God, and I know I've said this many times, but the Word of God is food. You don't always have to be seeing deep things and getting deep things out of it, and don't make that the goal. Just make the goal to feed yourself, but study is very important, and I love what Brother Raymond Woodward has said, and that is the difference between Bible reading and Bible study is a pencil. It's what you write down, and so definitely a pen and paper Um, or journal or notebook is going to go a long way in this, but I do use Blue Letter Bible pretty much daily. Um, There may be a day or two here or there where I don't pull it up, but almost always I do for some um, thing or another. The features that I use, and there's probably a lot of things in this app that I don't use, but the ones that I do, first of all, the side-by-side version option. If you open the app up in the top left-hand corner of the main page, There's a little icon that looks like two Bibles side by side. And if you select that, you can select two versions to read side by side. I do not read my Bible in the Blue Letter Bible app, but sometimes for clarity, because I don't speak Old English and I read King James, um, I will pull that option up or pull up my Blue Letter Bible app and just read another translation alongside of my King James for a little bit of clarity. Secondly... If you want to go to the study tools, you can click on any verse and it will take you to several options. The first one at the very top says interlinear or concordance. And so you can, once you're in there, it's going to tell you the Greek text of that particular scripture. Then it's going to show the Greek interlinear and there will be a list for every single word that's in that scripture 
corresponding to the Strong's Concordance with the, the Greek number in the concordance. You can click on the word that you're wanting to look up. So say the verse has the word becometh in it. You can look up that word and see what it meant back in the original Greek because you will find as you look into different Greek and Hebrew words, what they are saying is not always what we would understand in our native tongue or in modern English. And so again, sometimes this is just a really handy way of kind of understanding more of the original intent of the author. You, again, you can click on the word that you're wanting to look up. From there, it's going to take you to more specific information on that word. And this will give you the number for the Greek or Hebrew dictionary. It's going to give you audio of how that word sounds in Greek or Hebrew. It's going to give you how the King James Version translates this particular word. And then right below that is going to be the Strong's definition and how Strong's defines it different ways in the Bible. Right below the Strong's section is something called Thayer's. And I've been using this a little bit more than Strong's because it's more specific. Right up at the top of it, it's going to say, uh, jump to scripture index. And when you click on that, it takes you down below all the definitions, but to the particular verse that you are wanting to look up a definition for. And it will show you what the Greek or Hebrew word means in that particular verse. And then right below that section is concordance results for every time that Greek or Hebrew word is used in the Bible. Again, because a Greek or Hebrew word may be translated into several different English words. So it will just show you that original root, or not root, but the original word in that original language and all the different verses that it was in, in the original text. So again, I know without visuals, it might be a little bit hard to understand, but I just wanted to kind of walk you through some of the things that are available in the concordance section. The next line down in the study tools is Bible comparison, and I use this very often. This takes the verse that you're reading, and it lists it in probably 20 to 30 different translations. Again, just kind of gives you a composite of how different people have translated that verse, and it can really help shed light on the meaning of the verse. Next down is cross-references. I truly don't use this very often, but that is there. The next down is text commentaries, and this is something that I do use frequently. There's a number there, but I personally read Matthew Henry and Charles Spurgeon pretty regularly. Now, I always take what they say with a grain of salt because I do have some doctrinal differences with them, but they just share a lot of very deep insight into the scriptures, and a lot of times their commentary really ministers to me. The next line down is going to be audio. It'll take you to some different sermons from different people. I really haven't listened to much there except for Elizabeth Elliot. She has a lot of incredible things to say, and some of her perspectives can be very, very ministering. Next down in the study tool section is dictionaries. There's a lot of different options there if you're wanting to look up different customs of the Bible or different meanings of words of the Bible. I personally use Vines if I do want a Bible dictionary, and that would be available in that dictionary section. Next down is going to be different notes options. I don't really do this because I use a journal, but again, if you were more of a note taker, digital note taker, this could be a really good option for you. Then it's linked to that particular verse in the Bible. Next 
is going to be the audio Bible. And this is really handy. You can listen to it in whatever version you have pulled up. So if you want to listen to it in New Living, if you want to listen to it in New King James, if you want to listen to it in CSB, if you want to listen to it in King James, you have three options. First of all, listen just to that chapter. Second of all, listen to the chapter seven times, which I really, really like that option because a lot of times if I'm listening to the Bible, my brain might start to wander. And so I pick up just different things each time. Or if I'm listening to it, maybe while I'm getting ready in the morning, again, I can just pick up things every time that it's going through that chapter. Or you have the option to listen all the way to the end of the book. So the audio Bible is very, very handy. Then just down below that in the study tools, there is a highlight section. So you can highlight verses in different colors. Um, And again, I realize that there's a little bit of a challenge without visuals explaining something like this, but hopefully it will help, if nothing else, encourage you to get the Blue Letter Bible app and utilize the Blue Letter Bible app. It's free. It's an amazing compilation of tools, and this is just a shameless pitch for you to use it and to dig into the Word of God maybe a little bit more deeply than you have before. It really does help bring the Word of God to life. Today, I am going to share an unedited entry called Surprise. Just a simple thought. And at this time, I'll read today's unedited entry, Surprise. Last night, I was saying, Blessed be the name of the Lord, and I began to think of Job. Job surprised Satan. Job did the opposite of what Satan expected and predicted. Job chapter 1, in a nutshell, goes like this. Job is introduced as a great godly man, the greatest of all the men of the East. Number two, there was a day where Satan presented himself before God. He tells God he's been walking to and fro in the earth. Number three, God asks Satan, have you noticed my servant Job? God goes on to pay Job some very high compliments. Satan goes on to say, of course he fears you. You have protected him, blessed him, and increased him. But now put forth your hand and touch all that he has and he will curse you to your face. Satan knows what Job's response will be. God grants Satan permission to do anything he wants in Job's life with the exception of touching Job's personal body. Satan goes on a destructive rampage in Job's world. There was a day and on that day he lost his oxen, his servants, his sheep and his camels. Then a final devastating volley of news is delivered. All 10 of his children have tragically died when a house caved in on them. In a quadruple whammy, Job is assaulted with the news of brutal loss once, twice, three times, four times in one day, utter calamity, total ruin. All that was his at 7 a.m. is gone by 4 p.m. All times are approximate. His serene, peaceful, plentiful life was shattered, gone, up in smoke, or down in pieces. It really is hard to imagine this level of loss. Then Job surprised Satan. Then Job arose and tore his garments and shaved his head and fell down upon the ground and worshipped and said, Naked I came out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord." I actually think it was more than a surprise. I think it was a shock. Satan had planned on a particular response from Job. He already scripted the story and how it was going to go down in his mind. 
and he had boldly communicated that to God, he will curse you to your face. Chapter 2, Satan comes back to God, and God again flaunts Job to Satan. He still holds fast his integrity in spite of all you've destroyed. Satan responds by saying that's because he still has his health. Touch his bone and his flesh, and he will curse you to your face. Once again, Satan presumes he knows the outcome. God grants Satan permission to touch Job's body with only the exception of sparing his life. Satan strikes Job with sore boils from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet. Job sits down in the ashes of his former life and scrapes his body with a piece of broken pottery. Satan waits. Job's wife comes along and echoes the words of Satan's prediction to God. Curse God and die. Wow, what a word of encouragement from his dear wife. Satan waits. Surely any moment it will happen, Job's pain will override his faith and he will surely curse God now. His response to his wife confirmed what God knew of him from the start. Job turns to Mrs. Job and says, You talk like a foolish woman. Should we accept only good from God and not adversity? Satan had predicted cursing. But Job blessed God and accepted the hand that had been dealt to him. And Satan was shocked. Satan was stunned. Satan was floored. He had been absolutely sure that he knew the ultimate outcome of Job's saga, but boy was he wrong. He got a surprise. Job's story carries on and we see that Job was not without an insane amount of personal pain, yet he remains faithful to his God. His story, in spite of utter loss and calamity in the beginning, ends with a fresh, revolutionized view of God, personal repentance, sacrificial worship, prayer for his friends, and God not only restoring his losses, but doubling his losses. Surprise! Oh, to live a life that surprises Satan. He thinks the waves will drown us, but we keep on treading. He thinks the whispers of despair and hopelessness will convince us to give up on God and maybe even life. But we hold on to the life preserver of faith and refuse to let go. He sees us stumble and falter and fail and counts us out of the race, but we get back up and keep on running with bloody knees. He sees our losses and our crosses and assumes that their collective weight on our backs will be more than we can bear. He assumes their heaviness will see us sidelined, but we keep on walking in the strength of the Savior. He inflicts wounds. He waits. Life happens. He waits. He observes the searing pain of heartbreak and bides his time through the persistence of heartache, and he waits. He thinks we'll curse. He thinks we'll quit. Just like he did with Job, he supposes he knows the outcome. But guess what? He was wrong with Job. Job worshipped. Job accepted. And Job didn't give up. And just like that, he'll be surprised by us. Let's surprise the devil. With Job, let me refuse to curse God. Instead, let me worship. Let me refuse to do anything but accept the hand that I've been dealt. If it has pain, it must have some silver lining of beauty and joy to find. Let me accept and let me refuse to quit. Let me endure to the end. Worship, accept, keep on keeping on surprise. The end of our stories aren't written yet, but if we can follow in the footsteps of Job, Satan will follow in the footsteps of Satan. And this makes me smile. 
he'll be surprised again. I have fallen in love with the book of Job, and chapter 42 has become especially precious. Today, I notice that Satan's surprise ends with a surprise party. And the Lord restored his fortunes. In fact, the Lord gave him twice as much as before. Then all his brothers, sisters, and former friends came and feasted with him in his home. And they consoled him and comforted him because of all the trials the Lord had brought against him. And each of them brought him a gift of money and a gold ring. So the Lord blessed Job in the second half of his life even more than in the beginning. Feasting with friends and family, gifts from friends and family, a surprise for Satan, a surprise party for Job, a double portion from the Lord. Worship, accept, don't quit. Life lessons from Job that will always leave Satan surprised. Surprise because of God's goodness, surprise because of God's patience, and surprise because God was the one who set the parameters at the beginning. So today, just a few practical tips for using an incredible tool, Blue Letter Bible, and a little encouragement to remind you that you are going to surprise Satan. He thinks you're going to bow out of the race. He thinks you're going to give up. He thinks that somewhere along the way, he's going to discourage you to the point that you will go back. But there is nothing to go back to. Keep walking with Jesus. If you're going through a trial, you're going to come out on the other side. And I just wanted to remind you that you, again, are going to surprise Satan. Thank you so much for joining me for this journey. I look forward to meeting up with you again next Friday. If you have questions or to download a typed or handwritten transcript of today's entry, you can visit MegUnedited.com. For now, go grab your journal and your Bible. I look forward to the power of this habit in your life. This is Unedited. This is for you. Happy Friday.